Hey, listeners, welcome to episode 39 of the Sunflower Society podcast. This week, Kara and I are getting very real about what it means to release your true self. How do we do that in different situations? If you're enjoying what you're hearing, we hope that you will head over to spirituallystrategic.com and check out all of the free resources we have specifically for women on a spiritual journey, trying to get bold in their life and trying to discover and leverage their spiritual gifts in the world. We believe that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than our wildest imagination can even dream up. So we always are creating tools to help you get in touch with um, your intuition, to help you restructure your life so that you can get bold without burning out. Um, So go on over to spirituallystrategic.com and check out some of our free resources. We also have a couple courses. There's one currently going on for enrollment called Naked Intuition about tapping into guidance from God and then taking action in your life. So if you enjoy what you hear on our podcast, be sure to visit spirituallystrategic.com and take advantage of these free resources. Let us know what you think. Enjoy the episode. sister. Hey, sister. Welcome listeners to the Sunflower Society podcast, where we are helping you maximize your gifts and talents and your day-to-day activities to have an impact in the world. Let's get ready to go. Hey, sister. Hey, sister. Welcome, listeners. We are on, is this episode 38 or 39? I think 39. I guess we should have checked. I guess the days are running together, Um, but we've got our, Kara's got hot tea. I've got my coffee and water. We're both staying hydrated. I drank it all now that we talk so much ahead of the podcast. Yes, we, we, um, we bantered a little bit before the podcast and we were practicing our influencer voices. Maybe we'll share those later in, in this, um, episode. Uh, but we, we want to jump right in. We're actually introducing a new segment that we're going to start off every podcast with. We're going to try it out. Um, but it's called fave or fail. So what's something that you tried in the past week that was your absolute favorite, might be a book, might be a podcast, might be a recipe, whatever, all the things we love. Um, And we hope sometimes too, these questions give you ideas for, you know, even conversation starters, right? With people you work with or... I don't know. Maybe you're not into conversation, (laughs) but, but maybe they give you something to talk about with your kids. even. Um, so, and then fail, like maybe something we tried or looked into and didn't, didn't quite work out the way maybe we thought. So let's kick it off. Okay. Fave or fail on episode 39. Okay. My fave for the week is this new salad that I've been making for lunch. Am I looking at the right spot? Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, okay, so right now or right now? Both? No, same? you're good. Okay. Yep, yep. So 
I um, made the salad that has baby spinach and then um, some peppers and feta, all kinds of different stuff. And then you top it with tuna and lemon juice and a drizzle of olive oil. It's so good. Ooh, my mouth is watering. I'm trying to think if I have all those ingredients. It was, it was divine. That sounds like a fave. Um, and I would also say listeners, we're not using fail in the term of like, it's a bad thing because we fully embrace and believe that failing is actually a learning opportunity. Um, so the more we can embrace that, the more we can learn, right? You got to try things to know if they work. Um, my fave, I'm actually going to give a shout out to a brand that I love. Um, and it is a woman owned business based out of the Detroit area. So if you want to check her out, the company is called Honey Girl Skincare. And her website is at honeygirlskincare.com. I am giving them a shout out because they are my fave when it comes to lip gloss. So this girl, um, her name's Amber, she makes all the stuff herself from raw honey. You know exactly what's in her stuff. She's She's created it all. And I will say her lip glosses, I only can wear them for so long because they smell and taste so good. Like you want to eat it. Really? Well, she uses raw honey in all of her products. So they're sweet, like just sweet? Yeah. Oh, there's one that's caramel cake. What? I have, yeah. Oh, Oh, you can smell me coming (laughs) before you see me. Um, and then there's one that's just an original honey. She, she has all types. But what I'm really excited about is, and I hate to break this to you on the air, Kara uh, is normally my go-to for some skincare and makeup products. But <laughs> I decided, especially amidst right now, I wanted to support a woman-owned, like more local to the Midwest business small business owner and I know that I love her other products so I did just place an order um for her hemp and honey butter moisturizer and I love that I Kara's trying not to name yet (laughs) I'm kidding (laughs) um but I'm really excited to get those I know she's been working really hard to make sure she's still fulfilling orders even with some of the hiccups with the pandemic but um, she is awesome. So make sure you check her out. She's also on Instagram, um, at I think honey girl skincare is her handle. So yes. So that was my thing that I'm sharing. I'm always open to trying new cosmetics. I love, I love cosmetics, but, um, what's your fail? Well, I don't, oh, you can come back to me. I'm still okay. thinking. My fail. Um, I, I did tell Kara this story already and I'm like, Oh, that would be good to share. My fail is my own. It's, it's my own body's fault. It's not the company's fault. So thanks. Um, it's spelled like Spanx, but thanks. T H I N X. I think stinks. No, <laughs> I would have never, well, maybe I would have clicked on it. No, thinks, T-H, like you think, but it has an X on the end, kind of like Spanx. 
So this sponsored ad came up, right? And it's about basically they appear to be period panties. Um, and I'm like, I was so curious. So I clicked on it, of course. Curiosity creates the click. Um, they got me. Uh, I'm like, really? How does this work? Really? Um, but you have to take a quiz just for all you listeners in case you want to check it out. Maybe it's for you. Um, and thanks if you reach out to us for a sponsorship. <laughs> <We're> Sorry. <not> <laughs> um, I didn't qualify. So you have to put in all this information about your cycle. Uh, listeners, if you've never seen me in person or people watching this right now, me and Kara are sitting down um, on our new YouTube channel. So we're always uploading this as a video too. Um, but I am like 5'9". When I wear heels, I'm over six feet. And I'm not a small woman. I'm courageous. I always have been. So all that to say, like, I guess I shouldn't make the assumption that just because people are petite or short that they have a lighter flow. I just got the impression from the reviews <laughs> that they were because they share the details of like people's height, weight, all that. Obviously, people wrote the reviews. They were okay with it. So you go take a quiz. I put in details about my cycle. And the results come back and they basically say, we would be a phenomenal option for you on days one and day seven. <laughs> like, so basically, I'm, it's not compatible with my body. So I think it sounds like a, I, I really clicked on it because it does sound like a really cool invention and solution to a problem that I know for a lot of women, there is anxiety around, like, <laughs> I don't want to call it having an accident, but <laughs> <laughs> they call it anxiety around leaking. That, yeah. That's what their website calls it. So anyway, that was my fail. Um, not going to order them. I don't qualify. <laughs> well, I will say I have a personal fail for the week. Okay. Not a product. I mean, that was personal, Kara. It's because my body doesn't, doesn't meet the standards for things. <laughs> well, my personal fail is that I evidently haven't cleaned under my fridge for quite some time. I accidentally dribbled some stuff down the front of my fridge and was trying to clean it out and it was the worst most humiliating moment uh that I've had in a while because I I I don't keep like a super sterile house by any means Justine knows that but I was I was shocked and in horror of what I found that's all I'm ooh like, do you have to replace your floor and order a new fridge? No. <laughs> okay. It's not that bad. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to get a picture. On a scale of, of 1 to 10, 10 being the mold has destroyed the floor underneath the fridge. Oh, no. Zero being you could literally just run a Swiffer underneath the fridge and take care of it. I think it was probably like an 8. Ooh. That is a fail. That's there a, was a, a tough there fail. Was some odors involved too, 
when I began to clean it. So, well, okay. So we're, we kicked, we kicked off our new segment, Fave or Fail. Um, please always feel free to send us a message on Anchor. That's the platform that we use to record our podcast. You can always select podcasts on Anchor and send people personal voice memos. You could also do the same on Instagram with us. Um, I use the voice recorder quite often with people in Facebook Messenger and in the DMs on Instagram just because it's easier than typing and I think it's more personal. We've talked about that before, but whatever makes you comfortable. But send us some of your faves and fails if you if you want to. We would love to hear about them or see them if you text. So let's jump into our episode, though. Um, I know we've been very open. We're always very open about our journey as a, a baby company, um, Spiritually Strategic Co., um, and part of that has been even just figuring out, you know, who we are, right? What, it, what is it exactly we want to do and who we want to serve? Because there are, um, there are a lot of directions you can go. And that's not just coming from a place where we're saying, oh, we're so talented. I think every person, you, you have a lot of gifts and talents. You just have to choose what brings you the most joy and gives you the most passion. I think we've both realized that we, we know for us that's writing and being authors, but also creating courses, creating resources for women um, to really be their best selves. So we know that that's our mission. And sometimes we've just gone in different directions and tried some different things and we're okay with failing forward. So that's why the topic comes to mind as far as like, you know, who do you, who do you tell people you are? And, and who do you show people that you are? And I think that those are two very different things, especially right now where most people have really only been providing updates to people via social media, um, which can be really easy to hide behind. It can also be really easy to not just be who you are. So I don't know, do you want to talk a little bit? And I, I'm giving my sister a shout out because she has increased her followers like uber fast on Instagram. And we can both attest to that. This has nothing to do with us understanding or knowing anything about algorithms. So if you're thinking this episode is about personal branding and getting followers, this is not that episode. <laughs> This is not because this old girl just broke 300 the other day. So, well, it's good though. I will say with that being said, it still means you have people following, right? Yeah. So, oh, so I, I don't think either, it. I don't think either of us have ever gotten caught up on numbers. And I know a lot of people do, even if you don't have a company or anything. The only thing I get caught up though with the numbers is when I look at pages that have just started and they have like 15 posts and they're already like surpassing me in followers and their content isn't even, isn't even that stellar. So that's, I get a little bit bent out of shape when I see that. I think in a lot of situations, legitimately people are buying followers as far as Instagram goes. Oh, shock. <laughs> okay. Another topic, another day. Go. Tell, tell listeners and viewers, though, what has that journey kind of looked like for you 
um, because I know you've taken like, like actual breaks because you're just like, I feel like I'm putting out content that is great. And what shifted, what shifted that now it's interesting that people are just following you and you weren't focused on putting out content that's great. Not that your content isn't great. It's just talk, I guess, a little bit about that. I think I started, I really started to care anymore. And I wanted, like, I had ideas about what I wanted to put out, but I'd always second guess myself about, no, this might come across this way, or I don't know if anybody will get it, or I, I have a little bit of a quirky sense of humor, and that's not for everybody, but I look at the world in kind of a weird way, and that is for some people, though, apparently, because the minute that I just started, like, putting myself out there as who I actually am and the way I think, and my, my posts and things like that reflected that, that's when that started to shift. I wasn't trying to make, I mean, not that anything I posted previously was fake by any means or not authentically me, but it was very tailored, a, ta a tailored version. And so when I, I think when I started to like not be tailored anymore and truly say it the original way I thought to say it, then that's when that shifted. Yeah, well, and I like, so the approach I know you're using now, though, I also like your approach, which is you're using it like a personal journal. Yeah, yep. That's 100%. I think I just, we were talking about that the other night. I, before it seemed like a chore, and there were days when Justine and I would be talking about our social media, which she handles 100%. Like, I make graphics for it, but she does, like, the auto-posting and stuff like that and Planally. Planally. that's right up her alley she loves having that but I there were days when I was like I just want to throw in the towel on this whole social media thing because it doesn't seem like anybody really appreciates like the things that we're putting out there and the minute that I started thinking about it as less for everybody else and more for like just a record of my creativity and like things that I would think about throughout the day, I can look back on that. And if none, nothing else than that, that, that makes it like, when I started thinking of it in that way, that made it better. That made it so much better. Yeah. Well, you've, I, I mean, not that it is about numbers, but your followers have increased by like probably 40 or 50 just in the past couple weeks. A hundred, like almost a hundred. Oh, a week. wow. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's great. I mean, kudos to you. I think that that's something, it brings up this kind of broader idea about how you most identify and then what you choose to share with people. And even in the workplace or even in even in social circles with people who you consider friends, are you like, do we really show up our full selves? And are we really showing who we are? 
Um, and that requires, I think, it requires a whole lot of confidence in who you are. And we talk a lot about this whole journey of self-worth um, and also being tied to the ability of tapping into your intuition. Check the notes. We'll link our current course. It's free. Um, I mean, if, if you want resources that are great and free, if not, that's okay too. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> no, but we, we specifically do talk about how your self-worth and how you see yourself is directly tied to your ability to not only seek out and accept and receive guidance from God, but also follow your own intuition. Because if you're an, a person who's very unsure of themselves in a lot of situations, it's then very hard to quote unquote, trust your gut because right. you are constantly questioning your worth. So you'll, you're probably have seen a lot of different posts from us about self-worth and some self-worth mantras that are part of our naked intuition course. Um, because that there's a direct tie there. And when we don't show up and we either don't think we're worthy of something or um, even just that we have that worth of ourselves, it's, it's really hard to have any type of direction at all. There's a huge, there's a huge disconnect between then what you, how people respond to you and how you expect them to respond to you. Mm. I have been in a situation like, many times in, in the social setting where maybe I'm entering a room of people that I don't know that well. I know myself, I know who I am, and I know how people that know me well react to me. And so meeting people for the first time sometimes, if I'm a little guarded or off-putting because I'm unsure and I'm just, you know, in observation mode or whatever, people feel that from me and will react back to me in that way. What I'm expecting is how my friends treat me and, you know, the openness and the whatever, but because I'm not actually putting that out myself, I'm also not attracting that back to myself. Mm -hmm. and that's something I personally have to work on. Um, I think I've gotten a lot better at it, but it is something that's very awkward for me to like put my put my whole self out there from the very beginning that just goes back to like trust issues and um I mean I would say it used say to that's be more in social situations than professional situations yeah I think so um that's fascinating I think everybody has a persona like a professional persona mm -hmm. you have to that's that's another weird area a gray area like how how much do you be yourself in a professional setting what how much of yourself is okay because you know there's especially if you're in a position where you evaluate people yeah <laughs> um but to the to your point does are are you leading from a place where you need to have positional power or are you a good enough leader where it's actually better and more um, fruitful right. for you to just be who you are and you have influence because of who you are instead yeah. of, oh, well, I have positional power over you. Even though that's not what people blatantly say, 
that's often why we am speaking from experiences which by the way when we're talking about these things we're literally talking about them because we're working on them um and we just share insights along the way and we feel led to do that because why not if we if it's something we've maybe struggled with or need support with and we do the same thing with creating our resources like when we say oh what if there was a course or what if there was this that did this um that's what we're doing and we're going through that process actively ourselves and continually revisiting it so i think that's a really fascinating concept though of professionally like should you really have multiple personas right isn't that called something multiple personality disorder <laughs> yeah <laughs> specific personality disorder I, think, I mean part of me wants to say no and i really admire the people that can do it and just are those are the people that are free spirits and when i look at them and look at how free they are in their life i am going for that but then there's another part of me that says it's scary to like put yourself on the line and you're i mean you're open to judgment anyway but you have kind of a predictable way of seeing how much judgment you're going to heap on yourself you've lived this long you know what's going to cause like stir up people and and gossip and all of those things you know so kind of we spend our lives gearing our behaviors towards keeping that pushed down and not having that at least in my life i i don't like drama and i don't like that kind of stuff so oh i love it i like hearing <laughs> I'm about kidding. i'm kidding i'm kidding but i know i can't stand drama <laughs> I like hearing it about people I don't know, like celebrity drama, because it's far like enough. Real housewives me. drama. Yeah, like that. Okay. <laughs> the gossips. Yeah, but the it's gossip columns. Me, it doesn't make me happy to like hear about people I know personally not doing well. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like. But it makes you happy to hear about famous people not doing well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. It's entertainment. I know it's entertainment. It's very put on. So I can appreciate the drama in that. Like yeah. like a keeping up with the Kardashians moment. Yeah. Yeah. In instinctively, even if we're just like flipping by it, we and you catch a glimpse, you know that it's also very um embellished. Yeah. And staged. Yeah. And yeah. It's like they had their production crew come for the morning, set up, and they're like, I don't know, it's breakfast time. I'm going to feed um, Baby North. Probably not a baby anymore, but Baby She's North. not. <laughs> She's got three other kids, Kara. Oh. Okay. Well, um, two, two were I, by surrogate. Two were by surrogate, to be okay. fair. We're, okay. Um, so anyway, I'm going to feed Baby North some baby food. And here, why don't you just follow me and film my silhouette? And I don't know. I don't know if that. I I think it's probably a lot harder than we think, based on what people. Okay, think. and then and then but, then baby North like they're like baby North. We know you can understand us. Throw peas in your mom's face. <laughs> like, oh, really that's how you, <laughs> And then that's how, you, that's how you imagine 
the production. Yeah, and then you go, oh, no, that's so naughty, baby North. And then, and then you, you see her take the baby to the other room and close the door and the baby starts crying. What did Kim do to that baby? Yeah, it's the drama. And then she comes home. Then, then Kanye gets home and he's all, and she's all like, Kanye, you won't believe what your daughter did. And it screwed up my contour. You do a really good Kim Kardashian voice. You got the, she's the, a spirit um, animal. Yeah, she has a, <clears throat> they have a certain, uh, uh, a certain <clears throat> Calabasas, uh, yeah. California. Valley. Yeah. I believe that's what that's called. Can you believe it? Can you believe it, Kanye? I can, I can hear it. Yeah. I can see that playing out. No, I, I do think, um, I don't, I don't think it's ever, um, I don't know. Some people do thrive off of that where they'll be like, Ooh, I just got a juicy piece of gossip about so-and-so. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. There, there are people who love that, but I always go back. I think it was maybe Eleanor Roosevelt who had a quote that was, no, I don't even know if it was her. I don't think it's her. Sorry. I don't know the origin of the quote, but it's like, um, it has, it's supposedly tied to finances that, uh, the, basically that poor people talk about, they complain people who are stagnant or not trying to move up and up or maybe still have like a closed mindset talk about other people and wealthy people talk about ideas i'm totally butchering this quote <laughs> i'm gonna have to look it up to do but you know what i'm talking about i like it's i've seen it on memes and stuff but basically what you spend your time talking about is what comes to fruition. So if all you're going to do is sit around and talk about people or things that you wish you had, that's, that's what the, it's like a stair step. Um, I don't know. Um, but I wanted to bring back to this professional. So you shared a little personal, I'll share professional because that's actually the arena I struggle more with. When it comes to, I've been doing some repositioning a little bit with my company, Educator Aid, just because we've expanded some of our offerings, um, had a good year in 2019, but just looking at how to continue to scale and become more sustainable as a business. And I'm sharing this because one of the things I realized about myself in the professional realm was that I often... I tend to want to almost diminish um, or kind of downplay certain talents. And it's, it's weird because I know that I have these talents and I've been trained by like incredible programs in these talents. Um, and I've had no issue ever being like completely loyal and going 500% for other people's missions. But then when it comes to, even nailing down and refining how I want to share about what I do or how I want to write about things on my website. I like, it's almost like it's been a challenge for me to articulate, not because I don't know what I do, but because 
you like, it's, it's me and it's my brand that I've created. So that almost is more pressure. That's how it feels for me. Maybe it doesn't feel that way for some people, but it makes it very real. Like, oh, you're not just the ghost behind somebody else's brand that you've helped them create or behind a school name that you helped turn around or whatever. It, this is like, it's that vulnerability of putting yourself out there. And it does come sometimes from, from fear, which isn't really real. I think I saw a really great quote from Will Smith that said, and I shared a post about it on Facebook, but he said, fear isn't real. Danger is very real, but we tell ourselves the lies that are associated with fears, something to that effect. And I think that that's really true. So personally, I don't think that I've had a pro uh, you tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think I have a problem with just like kind of being myself and walking into a room, even if I don't know people. But when it comes to like work stuff and um, my own company's mission, that's honestly probably been one of my biggest struggles because you want to be careful with it. You want to get it just right. And, and other people probably aren't even critiquing it like that. They're, they're, they're thinking, oh, wow, she has her own website for her company. She has her own company. Like, and, but, but we tend to be our own worst critic. It, but I do think people, it either tends to show up professionally or it tends to show up personally. And I do, I did get a question actually from one of our listeners. Um, she's taken some, I think both of our courses maybe, but she, she asked me specifically, I wanted to bring this up because it's relevant, but she asked me specifically that all she's ever heard about having fear when it comes to a company or something is that you just have to do it afraid. And do we have any other strategies for specifically overcoming fear? And I think it's relevant that we talk, yeah, we, right. But it's relevant that we talk through it because you're talking a little bit about are you really showing up as you when you meet people? So yours is more personal. Mine is like, am I really showing up the way I want to share my mission as hard as I would for other people's mission for my company? So mine's more professional. But the only hesitancy behind that would be fear. So what do we need to go and look at about what God says to be the truth? Because fear doesn't come from God. I, I think you don't do things in fear ever. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of people say that. So I, I don't think that she's off in her thinking because I have seen a lot of people say, do it afraid. You just got to go do it afraid. I've done it both ways though. And I can tell you doing it in, in a place of fear is not, it's probably not going to be the same blessing. It might work out but it's not going to be necessarily the same blessing um, as when you do it with the backing and love of God behind you and you're using your intuition to like guide you. I don't think being guided in fear is ever a really discerning path um, because fear tells you you've heard that saying fear is a liar. So fear 
will tell you things that aren't true and consistently uh, try to push push your intuition away. And so I think to operate, I don't know who came up with that. I mean, I've heard it. I've heard a oh. lot or seen a lot of people post that or say it or do it afraid. It's the same myth as hustling though. Mm. That's the same that's the same people that say um if you're not hustling you're not you're not doing anything. Yeah, you that productivity equal or your success is contingent on your number of hours worked or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's not well, true. Would you be willing to let me model a strategy with you? Yeah, I guess. Okay. We'll see. All right. Okay. So your, your fear will, will model a strategy. And then if we have some more, we can share them too. But your fear is talk, talk me through when you enter into a room full of people you don't know. What, what comes up for you? What's, the, what's going through your mind? that you feel and i've seen this and that i'm saying this people because i've seen this happen and i know that she almost goes into this very like shy and she's not a shy person but it's almost like you retreat and yeah. make yourself smaller i mean not physically she doesn't go crawl up in a corner <laughs> no i was gonna say i do i do try to find a corner Okay, I'm on the lookout for a safe spot to stand that has a few people around, but not too many, so I can watch everybody. So you've developed a, a specific strategy <laughs> for not interacting with people. <laughs> yeah, I'm not laughing at you. I just think it's. it's I have interesting. to like get. I have to see what somebody is doing with themselves before I go up and talk to them. I don't know why. Okay, so you've named one thing. You have to observe people's behavior and scope out the room before you approach them. Before I feel safe approaching. Before you feel safe approaching them. Yes. Why? Why is that important to you? Because I, I don't want to be blindsided. I want to like, I want to know, I don't want to be thrown off. I have a personality. I don't hide my emotions well in my face. And I also, uh, I can get heated pretty quickly. Um, and I know that about myself. So I don't want to be, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm completely blindsided by somebody. If it's a good blindsiding, that's one thing. But even then that makes me very uncomfortable. Like if I approach somebody for the first time and I'm meeting them and maybe my husband knows them well and he's introducing me and they try to hug me and that's like very strong to me. So I like, to me, I just want to be, I want to be within a comfortable distance of you and have have kind of figured out who you are so I'm not totally taken off guard because I know I act very awkward when I'm taken off guard. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go back and tell you what I've been modeling, but I'm just going to keep asking some questions. Um, okay. I feel like I should have on glasses. She's, she's almost a doctor. So she thinks. No, I'm going to tell you where I found out about the strategy and it's not in a PhD course. <laughs> okay. um, so it's important for you to know who the people are in a room 
and it's also important for you that you can um, basically filter yourself. Yeah. When yeah. when did you first when did you first do something like that or realize that that was necessary? I think uh, I know when, but I would say at church when we were growing up. At youth group or at Sunday school? I think youth group. At youth group. Yeah. And you, did you already feel uncomfortable going to that setting? Okay. So it was something that you were told you had to do. Okay. You never had a choice in it. So here's okay. what I know about you in the situation. And if I were just meeting you for the first time and didn't know anything about you, you, it's important for you to be able to have control over your choices and not to be forced into things. Yeah. Nailed it. Why, why is that so, why is that so important? Uh, I don't know. But I, I think probably because we grew up like with a lot of rules, I bet more so than most families, I would think. And I never understood the root of a lot of those rules. And to me, like understanding why you're doing something is like, if you don't understand why you're doing it, then it's crazy that you're doing it. That's kind of how I think about my life. And so I think that choice in a lot of situations was taken away from me. And it wasn't about that I didn't have a valid place that I was coming from or what my desires were or who I was. It, there was no real rhyme or reason to me why my choice was being taken out of the, the equation. And I also couldn't see, in many cases, why things were the way they were. Um, yeah. You're getting very deep. What are you going to tell me is wrong with me? <laughs> I'm jotting down a couple notes. I really am in my journal. Are you, you going to um, see So, well, I, I didn't even do the full strategy, but the way how one of the strategies is to sit down. It can be with a journal. You could have a friend do it with you. But I actually learned this from Dean Graziosi. He wrote a book called Millionaire Success Habits. Really, really struggled when he was growing up. Had like no money. They live multiple places, severe ADHD. He said not until he was an adult when somebody realized how he thought and the ideas he had was, he describes it like his mind is like a, somebody driving a Ferrari and not only not knowing how to shift gears, but also not knowing how to use the brakes. And so when somebody taught him how he thinks, and what are strategies for working with that way of thinking, which many of us do, or you see a lot of kids in school struggle, and it's not because they're not intelligent or they don't have gifts, it's because nobody's helped them to understand how they're wired. So he does this whole strategy though of breaking down and just continuing to ask why something is so important to you. And if you ask yourself six or seven times, you're going to get to the root of really what are kind of the most valuable thing to you. 
and kind of this existential question that guides your life. The other thing that comes into it for me is something I've studied a lot in my PhD, which is the process communication model, which is we all have these personality condos is what they're actually called uh, that we gravitate towards. And we all communicate best when people are communicating through our open window and our preferred window. And so when that's lost or we don't understand how we do that well, we, we really struggle in a lot of situations to even communicate how we feel too. Um, or even pinpoint for ourselves, like, this is why the situation makes me uncomfortable. So what I took away from yours was the way how you combated feeling like these were your questions. I, I created your questions for you <laughs> because, oh. of the, because of the things that you said. As a kid, you, if you named it, it would be you were asking, am I really valued? And also does my voice really matter? Right. And so to combat that, you developed a coping mechanism for how to control a situation that in, in reality is uncontrollable. Right. And, right. And, and that's where then that comes from. Your fear drives your need to control. And right. so when, when people say, I'm a control freak or whatever, Sometimes people don't say that in, in a lot of ways, like I would not call you a controlling person. You're very laid back. Um, but from an emotional standpoint, that those situations make you anxious yeah. because the root cause of all of that and why that's so important to you to listen to your kids and the way that you raise your kids, I think, is because of those two questions and not wanting somebody to ever feel that way. That being said, we all create our own narratives. And I know that we know that would never be our parents' intention to be like, your voice doesn't matter. And it's not a pointing the finger. I think that's the other thing too, as, as adults, like at a certain point, regardless of what happened to you as a kid or how your parents raised you, like you can't live your life pointing a finger. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just reinforcing right. that idea to listeners because it, it will continue to keep you from growing instead of just saying, okay, this happened. This is where I started thinking this way and telling myself this story. Now, how do I break that pattern? Well, so, and I think, I think, you know, with age and experience that this has gotten a lot easier for me. I am often in large groups of people that I don't know now, um, from work and things like that. So, um, I, I honestly have gotten to the point where I think we talked about this last in the last episode and we talk about it in our course too, is just like retraining yourself to think instead of you know that your initial thought, like, so my initial thought when I go in the room is I'm anxious. I'm not sure what people, how people are going to react to me. I don't know how I'm going to react to them. It's a whole big thing going on. So I know that I can, I can in my mind flip that and say, now, guess what? Not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's going to say nice things about me. And those are not people that I want near me. That's toxic that's toxic. So I, why am I trying to be a certain way for a person 
that I might come across that is unkind and will smile at you one second and then turn their head and whisper in their neighbor's ear something completely uh, ridiculous about you. You know, like, I don't want that kind of person in my life, so why you're, per you're performing in a certain sense? Like, right. if you were... Right. And, and I can look back on the years and say, like, yeah, I probably was performing, putting on a performance of who I was in many situations just to try to make myself feel more comfortable. But in reality, that attracts a certain type of person to you and you don't want every type of person to be attracted to you. Nope. There are certain people you want far, far, far away from you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have just come to the conclusion that it's best to put a true representation of who I am in all circumstances right on the table and you have the, either like it or you, or you hate it and either way I just I just can't care you know what I mean like it sucks mm -hmm. too much energy to care all that much I had one of um somebody asked me pretty recently like well what if you what do you do if somebody doesn't really like your approach or blah, blah, blah? I don't know. It was something, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad question and they weren't asking it in a, in a bad way. And I just said, those aren't my people then. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like not everybody's going to like or love you and you're not going to like or love everybody else. And that's, I don't, I don't know that, Again, that doesn't mean that just because maybe you don't care for somebody that you wish ill will or you're hateful or you don't treat them kindly or with compassion or respect. It just means maybe that isn't a person that you want to go have coffee with. Um, so I don't know. I think it, again, this kind of goes back to being aware and even just listening to you say that out loud, like I never knew that that you specifically have a strategy already prepared. And um, no, I say that because we all do it. And unless you actually sit down either with somebody you trust and have them help you process it or with a journal and say, here's what I believe. This is how I got to my way of thinking. This is how I respond. This is how I react. You have to lay that out to know what's the driving force behind that fear in order to overcome it and replace it with the truth, which are also, you know, what God says to be true. And in your situation, it's that you're valued and your voice does matter. So even if it's something as simple as creating a mantra, again, this is, if, if you guys are looking for a strategy, create a mantra then out of that. My mantra for a long time was, I am enough, I have enough. It's not rocket well, science. I literally would have days where I'll like go around saying it to myself out loud or in my head and then writing in my journal. But your mind is really, really powerful. So if you think about and once you start to become aware of how you think about things, how you think about yourself, if you if you are aware, you probably wouldn't have half the thoughts that you do. You know? That happens too when you start trying to be somebody for other people is you actually start attracting um you start wondering like I've had this experience not that long ago where it's like I'm really unhappy 
with this person in this situation. And, but, you know, we have a relationship and we have a friendship and all this stuff, but I feel was it really, me. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> okay. Um, but, but like I attracted that, you know, that person in a different time in my life. And it right. was a time before I realized a lot of stuff about myself. And you end up, you end up in a space often if you're doing this often in your life and maybe not a lot of people struggle with this. I don't really know, but, um, where you've got the completely wrong crew around you, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it, and the more I let go of that kind of facade and like, it, it's not even like pretending to be somebody else. It's just not letting people know who you fully are. It's holding back. It's you're holding, holding you're intentionally holding back parts of who you are. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's not like you're like making up this, like you're you, but there's also this 90% of this other stuff that is about you that nobody can know about except for the people that are like right here. Well, that's kind of baloney because then you never really meet like the people you're meant to meet in life and the people that are, you're attracted to each other for a reason and a purpose. Um, so anyway, how can people do this though in real life? What you just did with me, how can they exercise that? In real life. So I've heard it called doing shadow work. I've heard it called embracing the darkness. I mean, I've heard it called a lot of things, but I think the, the simple short answer is if you can't accept who you are in that moment, then you can't change. So the simple response is, if it's going to cause tears or you don't wanna share those parts of who you are, and we all go through things that sometimes we just need to process it on our own, sit down with yourself. And I always suggest writing it, even if you're not a journal person, I would suggest writing it because it forces you to write down and feel what you're feeling in that moment. And um, so if you are sitting down to do this by yourself, you just need to know to keep asking yourself why. And so you might, I might What's start out. Hmm? What's the first question? I don't remember what the first thing you asked me was like what should I just asked you when did you start feeling anxious when you would go into a big room with people you didn't know okay. so I wanted to find out the context and so for me maybe if I model this I should probably do this <laughs> if I wrote down okay why why am I questioning how much I share or how I share, why am I questioning so much how I share the mission of my company? Okay, then I write down my response because I don't wanna mess it up. Okay, why don't you wanna mess it up, Justine? Because I like to do things at the highest level of excellence. Why do you think that way? Because I still sometimes struggle with the belief that you have to put on this perfection facade that everything's perfect. 
and everything looks put together. And I take pride in that. But sometimes it's to a fault to where it keeps me from moving forward with something and I stay stuck because I'm just trying to perfect it. So all those thoughts that I just mapped out, I would be writing those in my journal. And then I would go back and look at that train of thought because what it boiled down to was, is I don't want to make mistakes. I want to look perfect. And then I have to say, well, why? Why is that so important? And when did I start thinking that way? And I had to do, I've done all this work with being a workaholic, da, 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 whatever, fill in the blank. So I think you have to reach into that because those are also usually the things that make you really brilliant in a lot of ways. Um, and my hard work has gotten me pretty far in a lot of ways. I hate to, I'm not equating hard work with like success, but I, we did, we do work really hard. And, and we did work really hard growing up and putting ourselves through college and all that. So I think there's just um, certain patterns that like that's not applicable for. No, we're not going to sit around and be lazy, but to think that I, I need to be working 16 hour days the rest of my life to accomplish success, I would, I would then be questioning like, why, why, why is that even a belief? You know, the initial thing we were talking about, um, you know, you said something about the expression of what is it, work afraid or go, go for it afraid? Uh, yeah, do it afraid. Do it afraid. Or fake it till you make it, right? That's another common little. Which I actually think I, I don't know. I think I agree with that a little bit more than moving ahead in fear. Because oftentimes the, the thing that's stopping us from having that breakthrough is that we don't really believe that we're that person or we're that uh, we're capable of what we're trying to do or what we've been given to do. And so I think that that fake it till you make it is kind of un, in that same vein. Like you're, you know that you have something inside of you. You got to take that first step. So in essence, you're, you haven't proved anything to yourself, but you know, there's a driving force in you to do that. But I don't think fear. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with that. Fear is, uh, fear is something we that create it. it's a, it's a reaction to a situation. Yeah. You can't Just have like, abundance with fear. Right. They're, they're polar opposite. And, um, but yeah, so strategy wise, me personally, I would then probably make a T like I would do that on the left side and process and ask myself those questions to get to the root. And the root with that goes back to different things in childhood, goes back to things I know I struggle with, but they're manifesting. I've done a lot of personal development work, so I don't have that show up as much in my personal world. And now it's that getting over the hump of, well, but you're still a startup business. Oh, but X, Y, Z, or your company didn't get selected for this. And so then you're replaying all those things that perhaps weren't even necessarily a failure in a negative way. Maybe God was protecting you. But after yeah. that, I would then go to the right side of whatever I had written out. And I would write down the opposite affirmation. 
And a lot of times that might be a Bible verse or part of a scripture, or it might just be literally, if I get down to the bottom of my root and it's like, I think I have to be perfect to, um, to get people to uh, validate me. If that was the underlying belief, then I would say I'm already qualified because God says I'm qualified. I'm already worthy. I'm already gifted. So then those would become your mantras that every day, if you're reprogramming your thought patterns from a neurological standpoint, every day then, those, I am worthy, I am enough, God qualifies me, I would keep writing them and saying them over and over. And to me, that's kind of the full circle process. A little bit of things I've learned in PhD, a little bit I learned from a strategy with Dean Graziosi, but then my own flair, obviously with putting the mantras and the affirmations. And I think that's a, that's an amazing, that's an amazing gift you just gave people too, because it's free guys. Know, I, it's free. I've been through, I've been through therapy and like, that's essentially what you do. I mean, with bouncing, you know, it is really good to have somebody that doesn't know you kind of evaluate your situation um and be a sounding board because you don't always want to just dump your uh baggage on people that you know and love um but I think that if people are uncomfortable with the talk about going to therapy you know I think I think everybody should go to therapy personally it's really good for you but if you're uncomfortable with that and you see it as a weakness or maybe there's, you know, you don't feel like you really need it. Like you're not that bad. Finances. It could be financial. It's expensive to go to therapy. It can be. There are a lot of good online resources now. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, but that, that what we just did there is a perfect way to start you know, looking inward and, um, just teaching yourself how to listen to your own feedback, basically what it your develops your awareness, you, your body's telling you. Yeah, it definitely does. Because if you don't, if you did don't I like, challenge, know, did I challenge you on, on the air? <laughs> challenge me. No, it was so, so then how did that feel as I'm, I was questioning you? Did it feel uncomfortable to ask yourself those things or was it no, just, I've already, yeah, I've already, yeah. I knew the answers because I'd already right. processed through that before. No, so it didn't. Hopefully somebody else, I mean. But it, it would have, I will say, okay, so listeners, I will say if I would have done that type of exercise four or five years ago, it, it would have felt very uncomfortable, even right. sitting alone. And I didn't. I think I, I also didn't, I was too prideful to also be willing to be like, I'm not actually going to write that down. Even if that's what I'm thinking, I'm not going to go write that in a journal. And, but there's something powerful too, about if you create like that T chart and you see all your thought patterns on the left side, but then you write the truth to each one on the right side and you get to go back and draw a line through those lies. Like that's really powerful. And then you just say, moving forward, and this is what I'm going to speak out loud every day. That becomes how you think then. I don't really, I wonder how we get to the place where we just start 
believing all these crazy things about ourselves. I mean, we have a lot of input, but you really do have to be intentional in the in what you let in in a lot of ways so mm -hmm. that you because our like I don't know about you but like my natural and I've said this many times on this podcast but my natural inclination is to talk negatively to towards myself my first thought is going to probably be negative or why something can't be you know um but I wonder how we how we get there a lot of times it's associated with childhood and sometimes so much better to live in a space of just having an open heart though and not feeling negative you, you do but, but, but think about even from a physical perspective when you're five you'll try to do a handstand a headstand a somersault a cartwheel a backflip i don't care if you've never had gymnastics you're gonna try to do all that and nothing will stop you or make you feel like oh you're not a gymnast like nobody's telling you that when you're just like or you're riding your bike as fast as you can and the wind is in your hair. But that starts to shift because we become more attuned to what happens in the world. And maybe you're a teenager and you read a story about somebody who got killed on their bike. You know, maybe you're a teenager and, or as you grow and get bigger, uh, even if you're 10 or 11 and you realize oh, I'm not a gymnast. I'm like 5'9 or 5'10 and look at all the other people who are cheerleaders and gymnasts. And you, you automatically start adhering to whatever norms you're surrounded by. You know, culture is powerful. Norms are part of any culture. Um, your, you know, neighborhoods have a culture, churches have culture. Uh, lots of settings have their own distinct culture. So when you look at all that, like, I'm feeling very nerdy right now. Um, when you look at all of that, if you really traced it back to certain things, you can start to see when we kind of lose our fearlessness and our joy at the same time, which is why going back to, I think, like literally episode one, we talked about reconnecting with your inner child. And sometimes I think honestly, and this might sound crazy, but this is another strategy. You want to get over a fear of something or you want to tap into that inner child and what it feels like to be free thinking again, like literally go run like Phoebe or go ride a bike and for, for a while, ride it as fast as you can so you can feel the exhilaration. Or like last week, one of the things I did, and I don't know why, again, I don't know why I started thinking this way. I've never had problems with my knees. I played volleyball, like I would dive anywhere, everywhere. I would always be bruised up. Never had an issue. Same thing in college. For whatever reason now, and it could be, you know, a little weight over the years here and there. At first, and it's not as bad now because I have dropped weight, but when I was heavier, like I could not imagine jumping up and down. And like, well, part, and, and I have, I'm larger chested anyways, but when you have extra weight on you, you become self-conscious. Were you afraid you were going to fall over or what? No, I just, I think I was afraid I was going to hurt my knees because I had extra weight on me. I really do. And, um, 
anyway, so last week I did this like really intense workout with all these burpees and all these jumps. And there's this one jump where you're doing like a starburst and jumping in there as high as you can. And it felt so great. I wasn't worried about, well, my vertical's not near what it used to be or anything like that. But it felt great because I was like, oh, I'm, my knees aren't sore. I'm jumping around. I don't care. And so I think that, I don't know, that might sound really silly. I mean, another little tidbit too, every morning when I stretch and do like some little workout, I, I twerk a little. You twerk? Yeah, I always throw in I always throw in some twerks when I'm stretch, stretching in the morning. I do too, right before child's pose. You do? Yeah, cat oh, cow twerk. Sister oh, moment. <laughs> no, but it's things like that. Like I I and you know, it'd probably be funny, like if your kids or your husband walked in on you, but who cares? They are yeah. they're used to your your brand of weird and who you really are and um I could see your oldest son. I could see your oldest son cracking up, and then I could see your daughter like going and imitating you. <laughs> My daughter has a dance move right now that you would not believe. Oh, <laughs> great! But she's definitely becoming a little woman. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, you're like, um, yeah. Um, can we keep those hips like right? No, no, see, because you're going to kill her joy. I you're, didn't see you, that. And then so she's going to go, when I was nine, my mom told me to stop shaking my hips. That's why I never shake them anymore. <laughs> I didn't say that to her. It was all in my mind. And then I thought the exact same thing you just said. So I, yeah. <sighs> well, but that, that is another strategy, like truly, truly. And I think just taking steps even if it's small fears you have, it's very empowering. Another one of mine is being able to do um, like dolphin pose and a headstand in yoga against the wall. Like I was afraid, I was afraid. I conquered my fear of actually getting halfway up in February at one of my last yoga sessions I went to. It was huge for me because it doesn't even make logical sense why I'd be fearful you're literally against the wall. Like you're not going to fall over backwards and accidentally do a flip. There's nowhere to go. And the yoga teacher, the yoga teacher too was trying to figure out and she's like, I mean, you're fine. You can do it. I'll spot you. And I didn't trust her because in my mind, what was replaying? The, she's the girl, the girl who was taller than her teacher in fourth grade, who couldn't even do one pull up in PE class because no, these little hands and arms cannot lift up this body. That's real, right? But now, especially with quarantine, I saw uh, one of my favorite actresses. She's like my height and size and everything. But she ordered, like, there's a stand you can get that's padded, and it assists you with doing it. So, like, there's no way you can fall. And you do it against the wall. And it actually helps your core. And then I was looking at all these things about being inverted and how it, it helps your lymph, your lymphatic system yeah. and it tones your core and everything. And I'm like, I'm ready for that. I've progressed in my fitness journey a lot. And um, so I ordered that on Amazon. Who's the actress? Dasha Polanco. She's on Orange is the New Black. She plays uh, Daya. 
but she's in some other stuff too, but she's a Latina and I also posted a story. You didn't, you didn't share it. Hey, Dasha, but (laughs) no, I posted it because she's, it's like a stars are just like us because she also takes a bath with Dr. Teal's. And I have literally almost the same exact setup. Our thighs are like the same size. And so I just feel like she's my spirit animal. Okay. This is like a long tangent, but I don't know if those strategies are helpful, but I think they're very helpful. I think that's kind of what both of us have done to like get back to the root of who we are. So super helpful and take time to do it. Like that's, that's the thing. If you don't take time to do it, you hear the words, but you're like, that doesn't apply to me. There's something in your life that it applies to. Here's what I, here's what people usually say. Oh yeah, I should really do that. Oh, should you? But should comes from a place of, you almost like feel guilty like you should, but that isn't coming. That isn't, if you ever are saying you should do something, it's like generated actually from a place of fear or guilt. And that's not even a good vibration that you want to be at with energy. Um, Nothing uh, positive comes from that. Oh, I have a really, uh, a winner. What did we call it at the beginning? A winner? (laughs) What was the second? Oh, fave or fail? Oh, fave. I have another fave. Did you share your fail though? I said under my fridge was disgusting. Oh, that's right. It was your fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, another fave though. So I started reading this book called Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein. And oh yeah, I told you about it. I started it with not the most open mind because I, because I'd listened to one of her webinars and I was a little weirded out. She's a really cool lady, but there were some things about the actual webinar that I was just, I just felt uncomfortable with. That was just me personally. You um, felt uncomfortable or you just didn't connect with it? Uh, I think I felt uncomfortable because I didn't understand it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but I, so I started the book a long time ago and I couldn't get into it because I still had this negative or my negative experience in my head. But I started reading it again this week, and there's this really helpful part on a hierarchy of raising your vibration. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're in a state of, we, maybe we can do another podcast episode on this, but basically it talks about when you're at like fear, loss, you're at the bottom of the barrel, yep. the next best thing to start feeling is, well, maybe I can get angry about this. Actually, anger is operating at a higher vibration than fear and loss and all of that and sadness. So you get angry and there's like probably, I think, 10 steps within it. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was a really good, we should do our next episode on that. Yeah. Um, Well, and that's, I think that's the other thing too, is we all are in our last episode. If you didn't listen, please check it out. It's a great episode. We've already had a lot of downloads. So thank you listeners. Um, but it's how to protect your energy. And when we talk about energy, it's not just like if you feel tired or not, 
it is we are all constantly putting out when people say oh they put off a, a weird vibe people really are putting out how they feel and their emotions and their vibrations into the world and when you're operating at those lower levels unfortunately whether even if you go in right and you do the fake it till you make it and say oh hey guys you will still attract people who are in that lower vibrational state that's 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 the old when you see things about the law of attraction that's what it is ultimately and i think that you can even pinpoint a lot of biblical stories that point back to essentially just like in life what you input is what your output is going to be like it's going your output's going to be a result of what you put into something it's the same thing with relationships what you the energy you bring to it the emotion you bring to it that's and and we both have done this too sorry another episode in strategy but like we can trace when we've wanted when we've been irritated with a friendship or something and we look back we're like oh when did i attract them into my life that makes sense for where i was in life at that time right i think um well the biggest thing on that hierarchy the top tier is joy mm-hmm. so if knowing that and moving forward, I have to think like, I'm always going to compare, I'm always going to compare like my best, most joyous moments with where I'm at now. And how do I get back to that spot? I don't want to like descend down to the very bottom again, that's a lot higher increments to climb up. Um, But when we think about who we are as people, if we're operating in a place where we're joyful, life is simple, life is good. I don't think you can go wrong in knowing that you're being who you are. If, if that's where you're operating from, if you have fear and anxiety around who you are, then you know that there's something that you need to work on. Um, yeah, I think we should dive into that more. I think it was really interesting. No, it is. It's, um, it would be a great next episode and I will look forward to the conversation. Um, excuse me. Whew. Hope you guys didn't hear that burp. Um, I'm being my authentic self. Um, <laughs> well, if you see Kara or I running down the street, like Phoebe from friends, you will know why we are just activating our inner child and our joy. Um, so I hope, you know, you found some value in this. If you did, please share with friends, family, uh, share across your social media. We would love it if you wrote us a review on Apple or Google or Spotify, wherever you listen or subscribe. Um, yeah, and check it out. We still have uh, a course open completely free called Naked Intuition. We dive a lot deeper into some of the things we touched on today and how vital that is to um, you know, determining your story and your narrative and your destiny. And one of the really, really cool resources that Kara created um, as part of this course that we both created together, but she created in particular, there's one resource with some really loaded mantras and guided prayer. There's some scriptures there. 
Um, but if for no other reason than that, make sure you go sign up for Naked Intuition and, and download that resource because there is some definite power in speaking and believing and being ready to receive um, from speaking joy and speaking the truth of God in your life. So thank you. Bye, sister. Bye, sister. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sunflower Society podcast. To learn more about Kara and I and Spiritually Strategic Co., our company together, you can visit spirituallystrategic.com. And of course, if you found value in this episode, feel free to pass it along to a friend. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and leave us a review on Apple. All right. We hope that you have a wonderful week.